Last night in the fourth quarter, all me and Bobby could do is go, I get no minutes. It's a PMP. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another session of Sports Sesh. I'm Guy Young, and these guys are just guys. Now, I want to just jump right into hot topics. Earliest memory of Dirk. It was probably probably a year he was playing with Steve Nash. I kept hearing somebody named Dirt, like with a T. So I was like, why is there a dude named Dirt in the league? And then I, you know, I found out he was actually pretty good. So. You know the only way that I know that song because I'm like I'm pretty pretty far behind now. Although I did see there's a new Dipset album, the Diplomats have a new album, so that's uh, okay. But the only way that I know that song exists is from videos that people will take at either college tailgates or college parties, mm-hmm. and it's usually from the SEC. And there's like 99% white kids there, and they're <laughs> yeah. just leaning into the N word. Yeah, and as that's a trash song. I've seen this at Hangout, as you have as well. Very oh my! Popular SEC area, and that's a that's a that's a no go for me. Yeah, I'm a, uh, even in the song lyrics. And I'm gonna so, opt out on that one. Uh, yeah, it's uh, that's the only way I know that song is seeing a bunch of like 21 year old Ole Miss fans going nuts to it. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever actually heard it. What not does the edited a, version say? Not in a vine. So that makes me think, when I heard it last night, I knew what it was, though, because I'd heard yeah. it from the Vine, which I think Poison Ivy must have been doing a little... A little bit. A little trolling. She does that. Of course. She did uh, great. Another One Bites the Dust whenever Dennis lost his tooth. Or, no, it was uh, We Will Rock You or whatever. Another Queen song. The other yeah, Queen yeah, song that, that was, everybody uh, knows. Yeah, that was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. And I, they even called that out on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't yeah, I know that was that song. Like I had heard that song. I think... Uh, like at my bachelor party or something, Sean Ray rolled that rolled that number, and I'm like, "Oh, this is a interesting cadence that we're using for this song. Is this the whole thing?" And then I knew Sheck West was a person. Yeah. And then I knew Mo Bamba was a song. I did not realize that all of them were the same thing. And then Lizelle comes into the office singing that song, and I'm like, "Cause she's like the most on top of it. Like whatever the number one rap song is right now, she'll be singing it in her head like all day. That's just how she acts in the office." And I was like. What is this song? She's like, that's Mo Bamba. And I'm like, what? Yeah. About the same? Okay. And then now I just use it to uh, make funny lyrics about the actual basketball player that are real intricate. Well, listen, it's a great name. Bad no one was P-E-R. ever. <laughs> no one was ever arguing with the name. The name is the name is Fuego. Yeah. Okay. It is fire, but he's just got a lot to live up to. Yeah. With that name, and it starts probably with not being late. Is that why he got benched? I think that's uh, that's what. Oh man, I thought he was a smart kid. Clifford said afterward. Oh. Yeah, that's that. That was a weird thing too. Is he said a lot of really weird stuff leading up to the draft, and everyone was telling me like, "Man, this guy's super smart." It's too smart. And a lot of the stuff he was saying seemed to be just kind of what you'd say when you think that's what someone who was smart would say. And certainly, mm. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> I do that professionally, so I'm not. I'm not uh, flaming him for it, but everyone was like, "No, dude. I mean, he could he could just uh, work for NASA if he <laughs> want to play in the NBA." I'm like, sure, man. I don't know. It seems could be a director of interior if he wanted to, but you know, he's seven six, so he's here. It's a weird move to, I think, whenever somebody is that age. I guess you have to teach him, but I would think they would like bench you for the first half. Yeah, like a college yeah. first quarter benching against the Citadel for Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was just, I didn't know the whole story because, I don't know, it's been a crazy, whenever you have a game Sunday and then another game Saturday. They, there was no story beforehand. 
No it one knew. It, it wasn't on the injury report. No one knew until the post game. I was behind. He the, was in his warmups. Yeah, I was behind the times on my uh, Orlando Magic research leading into the game. So I just assumed there was something that had happened that I was just not privy to. Dude, he so, played on Friday night. And there, he played on Friday night, and he played the game. So I guess what I'm trying to say is they were not on a back to back. They weren't. They had two and a half days off. Yeah. And Which Atlanta has a long break too for before. They Wednesday. also have not played since Friday. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, so he is playing like twenty minutes a night, mm-hmm. 18, 20 minutes a night. He's been decent. Uh, yeah, he hit all three of his threes in a game just a couple a couple nights ago. Oh man, to get to like thirty percent. That's just catnip for the Texas fan. There's no, no doubt for the t-shirt fan that wants to has adopted Sheck West as their ringtone. Uh. I got to tell you, I cannot believe that that team was 500 a week ago. Oh, that's that's the worst shooting team I've seen this year. And I know they were without Fournier, who's a pretty nice player. He's okay. But that is absolute doo-doo. I mean, when Kim Birch is your solution, they're like, we're getting blown out. You didn't get my kombucha joke. Kim, I don't know what it is. Kombucha's that drink. I know what the drink is. But like the every single time our PA guy would say, it was, he would say, kombucha. Oh, okay. <laughs> like it sounded like he it's was just saying an alliter- instead of yeah. birch. It's just a phonetic joke. Okay, oh I thought God. there was something else. Kim Birch. Kim I, I thought I was like kombucha. Googling kombucha NBA, like trying to figure out this. Those are my favorite tweets, the ones that leave you a little confused. Yeah, it was like, I was... Nick Cage and National Treasure, like, reversing the Declaration of Independence, trying to figure out what you're talking about. Well, that guy got heavy run. Oh, yeah, Kim, I thought, Kim Birch. <laughs> Charks looks at me and goes, oh, that's, that's Kim Birch. And I go, Kemp Birch? His dad named him after Sean Kemp? He's an older, he's not young. I was like, <laughs> that's rad. I was like a big fan. And then I realized his name is Cam. Kim. Kim Birch, like the tree. And I was like, oh, I'm out. Instantly out. I thought he was named after Sean Kemp. I would have really liked to see Bamba play, though. Yeah. Just like it would be a real bummer if, for whatever reason, Trey Young doesn't play Wednesday or mm-hmm. uh, Bagley Sunday. I want to see these guys play, and I want to see them play with Luka. Yeah, of course. I wanted to see Sala versus Bamba in the fourth quarter and just see what kind of hell got raised. Oh, my God. Because that game was over. I, I looked at Bobby maybe five minutes left in the first quarter, and I go, these sons of bitches aren't scoring 80. No. That team, without Fournier moving the rock and rolling out DJ Augustine at uh, Dollar Store JJ Bray is what I called him, <laughs> out there for heavy minutes. I was like, this team is They're terrible. And they Ooh. were and they were they were twelve and twelve yeah. a mere week ago. Yes, they were the surprise team of the East. It kind of feels now. And by the way, I've bought their their BS before. Oh, the Magic. And it's I never been a have. while, but I it was probably four years ago. I never dipped maybe into that. We were doing locked dip. on maybe, but probably. I I mean, you look at it on paper, and over the years, it seems like they have had a lot of really good picks. It almost seems like they did okay in the Dwight trade, given what they got back for. Well, they never hit bottom hard enough. No, they they always had like a five through seven pick, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And they bailed on Depot really early. And what are they? They got Sabonis back, I guess. No, I don't remember. They had Sabonis and Depot, didn't they? Yeah. And they flipped that for Surge. Oh, God. If they just sat still, if they replaced whatever two GMs ago that was with a Fern, they could have Sabonis and Depot. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to keep track of, too, because they've been involved in so many trades. Yeah, like they'll Aaron, move, guys. The old Depot was second overall. Aaron Gordon was fourth overall. Hazonia is a, was a miss. Yeah, the church. Uh, Isaac, Dude, it uh, was, I still think is, is going to be fine. Dude, I think that's a lesson we could probably uh, stuff into our back pocket of. They did nothing like that wrong besides Max Biombo and trade for Ibaka. Yeah. Like those are their two like Achilles cutting moves that just short circuited their rebuild. And just paying a big like that that's limited minutes wise number one and then with uh Biombo and then Ibaka, you know, I don't know. He and fits then well in Toronto, but they also won't it's a weird deal to give an Aaron Gordon-like contract when you're going to be as bad as they are. That was confusing. Because I like him. I don't know what he is. I know we had talked about it, the possibility that he could end up here. Mm-hmm. You really can't play him even as a small ball five, but yeah, they, well, they try some. They feel like us coming out of 2016. Yeah. Where, I mean, 
Gordon isn't new to their team. Barnes was new to our team. But we were like, we need this guy. We Same need somebody, age, yeah. roughly. We need somebody to get buckets. At the time. We need somebody that we think is a good player with upside. And, you know, we don't want to be a bottom five team in the NBA. Yeah. So here we go. And maybe it'll work out, but and maybe they just had a terrible night. But they're the worst. I think they're both the worst free throw shooting team in the league, and they get the fewest. Wow. Last night was one away from a Mavericks opposing or opposition record. They went mm-hmm. four or five <laughs> on That's the like, night. That should be a quarter. Yeah. Well, it was for Dallas. Yeah. They went four or five in the first quarter when, uh, and I think they only had three heading into the fourth. So they were right there on the edge. Wow. But what an incredible game. You you don't shoot threes. You turn the ball over a lot and you get to the line five times in forty eight <laughs> minutes. It's gonna be Yeah. The game was an hour and fifty six minutes long. Yeah. That was incredible. I just looked up and was like, What's happening? <laughs> I totally didn't realize that we were How do I do a post game show early. on this? Yeah. It in, was wild. We spent our, about five minutes on the game and then started talking about other stuff. One of our stepsons, Jonathan Isaac. I don't know if that guy's stagnated. I don't know what his deal is. I want him to be really, really good. I could see a situation where he ends up as a four next to Bamba. Now, what does that mean Aaron Gordon is? Right. Probably not there. Where's Gordon and where's Vooch? Vooch is gone. Yeah, Vooch is a free. I believe it, yeah. And you know what? He's younger, I think, than people think he is. He's 28. Yeah. It feels like he's been doing this for a long time, though. And Did he play professional before USC? He, is that right? No, he's been with the Magic a long time. Okay. He might have just had some quiet first two or yeah. first two seasons or something. Well, I mean, he was uh, – did he have any overlap with Dwight? He had to have had a little bit, right? Maybe a season. Maybe I, one. I've always but liked That guy's been playing I great. Don't. I wanted to see him play well last night. Yeah. Like, I wanted to get an up-close look at, at, uh, at Vooch and just to get a little scouting report, you know, put that in the notebook and so I have proper feelings about him. And then he just – I don't know what that team was doing last night. I have no explanation for... It's really bad. Like, Jonathan Simmons doing weird stuff, and Isaac's launching threes, and I'm not even looking at the ball. I just watch the guy that's shooting, and I'm like, nope, that ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like he has, like, a hitch somehow in his lower body, and he's just, like, flinging the ball, and it's the loudest miss you've ever heard. And then Vooch is just like, I don't know. He was actually traded uh, in... Man, see, this is where it gets really confusing. Oh, no. The trade, rights to his pick? Well, the trade between the Sixers and the Magic. Oh, yeah, yeah. That involved picks that turned that were like Nerlens and mm-hmm. Dwight Howard ended up going to... Uh, Lakers? Yeah, initially he was traded to Philadelphia, I think. It was Philadelphia was involved. Bynum was involved. Oh, God. I was about to ask, was Bynum... involved. Yeah, so they had no Bynum overlap. But anyways... Wow. Well, anyway, let's tease the show, I guess. I'm Mike. He's Jake. This is the four-pointer, episode 13 for the season. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about just how good Luka is. Can the Mavs get to 17 and 11 here pretty quick? And I already did my Mo, Mo Bamba joke, so let's go ahead and delete that. Um, vitals right now. We did bring a lot this week. I had, I had some time to pre- prepare. Some weeks, we just come in here and go stream of consciousness, if you can't tell. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't do your own, if you don't keep score at home and make your own little rundown, uh, your own little run sheet so you can criticize us, and you might say, hey, you don't bring anything every week, and not say, "Hey, meet me outside." Ooh! But uh, this week we brought some stuff. We brought some stats because things are good. Uh, Fourteen and eleven, seven and three in their last ten. Ten straight home wins. Top thirteen in the SI power ranking. And the what's the other one? I don't know. ESPN, they're tenth actually, which was very surprising. <laughs> uh, wins against Oklahoma City, Utah, Golden State, Boston, Houston two times, Clippers, and Portland in the last month. Twelve and four. Since the game that we will never speak of again, the uh, gotta have one every year. Yep, 12th in offensive rating since that time, third in defensive rating, fifth in net rating, seventh in defensive rebound percentage, seventh in true shooting percentage, third in opponent field goal percentage, and third in opponent three point percentage. That's just a good defensive team. I don't, I don't know another way to cut it. I mean, it's been that's that was the second, so. Been like 38, 39 days of them playing really good basketball. And uh, since the last time we talked, let me plug one one thing real quick. Uh, the 20th of this month, so nine days from now, so a week from Thursday, mm-hmm. a week from Thursday, we're going to do a live 
four-pointer slash numbers on the board mashup podcast. I haven't found a great title for it yet, uh, but we'll slap something on there. It'll be Jake Kemp, Jeff Skinwade, Bobby Corella, and me, Mike Marshall, uh, at a watch party over off of uh, McKinney in Dallas. McKinney's the street, not the town. Uh, Christie's is the establishment. We're going to be there about 8 to 9, do a little live podcast for you, entertain the folk before we take on the Los Angeles Clippers. That's a late game, a 9.30 tip. So this will be a pregame. It's a TNT game, too, so there's no other pregame going on. No other Fox duties are happening. We were going to get follow, but he's doing, like, uh, Texas State High School football games that day. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jeff Skinway, Jake, Bobby, and me will be there to entertain you for about an hour, hour 15, before the Clippers game at Christie's off McKinney on the 20th. Please be there and hang out and watch the game with us. All right, that's out of the way. Since the last time we talked, we beat Portland, we lost in New Orleans, we beat Houston, and we beat Orlando last night. Let's kind of take away a few notes from each one of these games and how we feel about it and what we learned. Um, And overall, whenever we're done with this little rundown, I think we can see how we feel about everything 25 games in, uh, see how it's coming together, see what what exactly we're messing with here. But uh, the Portland win... That was one of those, okay, if you beat this team, they were in, they were in a mess of a way, uh, reading Damian Lillard's post-game comments, where he just sounded like he was just in full despair. He's like, man, we try, and we have good minutes here and there, but we never put it together, and it's just, it sounded like a lost man um, in his post-game, and maybe that's the excuse for them not playing very well, but that was the game after, that was the day of the Dennis Root Canal game. Uh, that was the last time he's played, actually, and... Furthermore on that, I don't know what exactly his wrist issue is, man. To miss a game, come back, play your ass off for a game, and then miss two more games, I don't, I'm not sure what's going on with that. I have no explanation for what's going on with his wrist. Um, I don't know if it was a tough guy thing, wanting to play after his tooth got knocked out. Uh, but obviously the shooting is his shooting's not been as good since he hurt his wrist and the limited shots that he's taken and someone wanted to point at that out on Twitter and I was like it was I think the point was why is anybody talking about this and the conversation goes like this begin scene Dennis isn't shooting very well since he hurt his wrist well yeah he hurt his wrist and scene <laughs> yeah and really it's just from 3 yeah i mean his numbers overall are not really any different you're talking about at, since he came back after boston yeah i think so yeah, it's got to be the Boston. And then got beat up against Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, I'm not worried about him. No, no, I'm not worried about him at all. And I think one of the things, I, I was driving over here, I was thinking, like, okay, who has had to sac- actually had to sacrifice stuff? Who has had to, like, remold their identity since Luke has been here? And it's almost 100% been Dennis. Like, he's taking the brunt of it, right? And it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be a negative thing. Everyone assumes, like, you know, reshaping your game and finding something other than scoring, which is really fun. Uh, finding different ways to contribute is a negative thing. But I think for Dennis, turning into, you know, a plus defensively, a guy that does the simple things and pushing the pace and driving at the basket and trying to get foul calls and, you know, just making the simple play like we saw Jalen Brunson do last night for a lot of his minutes, he's had the most to sacrifice thus far. It was always going to be that way. Yeah, and I think we were kind of dumb for not pointing it out to thinking that everything's going to, you know, it's going to lift, the tide is going to lift all the boats. Um, And it's kind of a very mature thing for him, I feel, because there's no way around the fact that Luca being here and him changing to this role to help the team win is going to cost his long-term value. Like if he's a 20, if he's an 18 to 20 point a game guy with five assists and, you know, is just empty numbers here and there, someone, maybe it's the Mavs, maybe it's whoever at the end of his rookie contract is going to look at that and go, Hey, that guy, I can at least sell that guy. You know, that's a, that's a big contract guy. And if he's this kind of role player now, who's just 15 points a game, five assists, a couple boards and, um, 
you know, doesn't play on the ball that much, that's just a less valuable in terms of a contract player. But it helps the team win more. Yeah, I think that to go to the same point of his value being the highest to Dallas at working out here, mm-hmm. I could see them paying him more than someone else would in a lesser role just because they'll know that he's still helping them win. Yeah. If he's willing to sacrifice, which is – it's not a matter of whether or not he's going to have to. It's a matter of whether or not he's willing to. Yeah, whether that, he accepts it. That's pretty much already happening. Yeah. Um, I mean, that happens when, like, a top 25 player gets added to your team. Yeah. The fact that we weren't convinced that Luka was from day one or some people weren't, that's, that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Now the real the reality of it is you've got a guy that the team is going to be built around for hopefully the next 15 years. But another huge game from the bench in Portland. Yeah. Um that's that's what that's where they got short-circuited. Like they threw Evan Turner out there for like 25 minutes. He was he was their bench. And it was they were like begging Zach Collins, Myers Leonard, etc. to score 10 points and they just couldn't do it. And then we go to New Orleans. And uh, that was one of the biggest buzz kills of the season. Ah, uh, you could have seen that coming a mile away. Yeah, I did, but still, it's that. That's one of those. There's something to gain and lose from this game. You know what I mean? Like some nights you go up against a uh, second night of a back to back. I mean, I guess this is the example, but I don't know. I felt like if you win that, you're changing my perception of okay, this might be a an eight seed like mess around final week of the season challenge for playoffs type stuff. And I still, you know, think pretty highly of them on the whole, but I don't know why we haven't found an answer for Julius Randle in the four or five years he's been in the league. And I don't know if it's just extra juice from him when he sees Dallas uh, hometown thing, but we do not match up well with the Pelicans. Well, I mean, I think that's what happens when you end up playing most nights you can play threes at four mm-hmm. and it's not that big of a deal but they have a they have legit two guys who are both five fours mm-hmm. you know I don't want I don't care what you want to call which one of them we only have one guy on the floor ever you, you almost would have a better chance starting maxi yeah uh over and I don't want to take Barnes off the floor so at that point basically now I'm sliding all over the place but <laughs> if you're gonna play the three wing game Julius Randle is going to f you up. Yeah, and they're you know you can try to throw different junk defenses at them, but you're not going to stop both those guys. Your hope is that you can stop one of them. With Dennis out, I feel like that kind of changed almost everything because Drew can slide over to Luca. Yeah, and then they were just kind of daring HB and Maxi to shoot wide open threes, which and sometimes going to live with it. Sometimes. Uh, teams have to pay for. I would. I would say last night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at home, I feel like those shots go in for whatever reason. I don't know why. Going down to New Orleans on the second night of a back to back without Dennis. Um, was someone else out that game? Uh, Maxi did play. Maxi played. Um, I might have just been Dennis, but it felt like it just felt like they were shorthanded from the jump. Um, well, they didn't play their starters at all like in the I mean it was yeah. over in the third quarter yeah which I guess is skews the numbers a little yeah and that that one kind of I don't know why it just kind of shook my confidence to see them get kicked around so hard and the thing that whenever they do go on the road and they do look like a garbage team is whenever they don't play transition defense I mean the Lakers did it to them and I don't think they were quite ready for the Pelicans are going to get the ball up with two seconds and Moore or Solomon Hill or Drew or somebody is shooting a three immediately if they get the ball up quick. And I don't think they were ready for that kind of velocity. I don't know. I don't know if it was Luca. I don't know what the defensive, um, you know, disconnect was, but it was it was bad and it was painful. Also, they're going to be a bad team on the second night of back to backs this year. They just are. Yeah, there's just no way around it. I mean. I'll tell you, as excited as we are all about Luca, if you want to go to Houston, mm-hmm. if you take out those four shots that he hit at the end of the Houston game, he's been bad. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not like off the. <laughs> you know, he's obviously their best player. He's going to be their best player for a long time. 
it's really, really tight, tight that he can uh, still help you out whenever he's going to go two of 11 like he did last night Mm -hmm. and have generally nothing from three. But if you take out those four shots at the end of the Houston game, since the Laker game a couple Fridays ago, he's shooting 30%. Yeah. And he's shooting like 25% from three. And some of that is probably his hip. Mm -hmm. Some of it is probably that, I mean, dude, this is going to be a grind for him. You know, he didn't have a real offseason. I heard Zach Lowe say this to Tim McMahon the other day, and I was, I 100% agree and wish I would have said it first. He's definitely lost weight in the last two months because he is running. You can tell his body is just not used to this. Yeah. And that's not to say, like, whenever people talk about, well, and I think we're going to talk about it today on the hard line, like, well, why didn't people see this coming? I keep saying the part that, because it's not all one thing. There are different things that you can see coming or not. The one thing you should have seen coming is that he's definitely not afraid of the big moment because he's been on in tons of them. Mm-hmm. You should you should have seen coming that he is his vision and that mm-hmm. he's going to be able to read the floor and make passes that you don't usually see rookies make. You also absolutely should see coming that in the middle of the season he is going to be like, man, this is pretty tough. Yeah, <laughs> this is. Mm-hmm. This is tough, and I know they play a lot of games and in a lot of tournaments, and they play. They're national shorter teams. games, though, man. They're shorter games, and they they don't run the ball like we do. So I don't think they're running back to backs either. They may, no. but that's a pretty serious turnaround. I think they go like on a soccer schedule, like Tuesday, Saturday type stuff. That's see, that's what it always seemed like to me. And maybe mm-hmm. some of the tournaments are different, but yeah, I I I think he, I'm sure he'll be fine. But I wouldn't even be mad if they set him down for a couple games, got him a little rest in the next yeah. couple weeks. Yeah. Which nobody's going to be cool with, especially no. if Dennis is still out, and especially if Dirk is still out. But I feel like that's what they did in the Clippers game. Yeah, and you know it worked out fine. Um, yeah, I would pick my spots with him to be like, okay, this is a this is a self care day, buddy. Yeah, like spa day for you. Let's uh, once you just charcoal go, mask, yeah, just go disappear for a little while and come back. I'll see you Tuesday. But they do. I think at home, I was really surprised they set him at the. The Clipper game, by the way, because that's a home game. That's a premium matchup type game. Um, but for him, everything you said is correct. He's lost weight. His upper body just looks a little different mm-hmm. as of right now. His arms look different. Um, he's gotten more confidence where he's not wearing the undershirt, <laughs> which is, you know, just body confidence. Did he not have one on last night? He did not wear one last I night. I didn't notice that. Yeah, he I, won I don't mind it. For about a month. No, I, I I don't mind the undershirt. I wish he'd wear just a black one, though. Yeah. I don't know why I hate the white undershirt. I just assume it's going to turn into sweat-colored. Well, you can't wear a black undershirt. With a white jersey? You can. You have to wear black tights, then. Oh, uh, okay. He wears... You can wear blue bottoms with a white top. This is... You're only going to get this so here. So dumb. Yeah, exactly. But you can't wear a black uh, undershirt up top and have blue bottoms. That's I, so dumb. Don't... I... I swear that makes sense to me, though. It doesn't make sense. And to I me won't at all. wear white bottoms at all. I only uh, wear white, white bottoms. Tights. I can't wear white tights because I feel like you have to be kind of fast. <laughs> it's like if you have the wristband, you got to be kind of fast. The black like, and the gray ones. Be able to I've, shoot. I've converted to tights under my shorts now in the gym. Oh yeah, I've I've worn them for a long time. But I can't wear white. It just seems like it's putting an expectation on me. That's I would I, w- I don't want to let do. anybody down. I don't know why. I just. I think you're smooth though. You're not fast, but you are smooth. I think the, the first person I saw white dude that I saw do it like all the time was Parsons. And yeah, he always wore white on white on white on white. Like yeah. he was just whited out. It's badass at home, and it looks cool. Yeah, no, it looks, it looks really cool. It looks crispy. Like whenever, whenever uh, Luca is wearing the whites, I'm like, okay, the white undershirt works. But if he's wearing, if it's the blue for some reason, we wore blue at home the other day. Yeah, uh, and then the city Cities. edition. Yeah, wear the black. Roll yeah. the black out there. Get some black tights. Let's go. Um, I know black look, tights are perfect with the city edition. Yeah. I mean, you might look like a Navy SEAL rolling up on the beach at 4.30 a.m., but it's fine. It's cool. You look neat. But the two things we got in the Clipper game and last night were, like, really weird celebrations. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I just want to say that He's since, having fun. since I, I haven't really heard Mo Bamba in the wild, and I don't really pretty pretty out of it these days and that's pre maybe so i'm <laughs> sure not here only yet. gonna get worse uh i just assume that anything that i that i don't understand that i see a younger person doing i'm just like 
classic Fortnite. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing last night, but I assume it has something to do with gaming. No, I don't think His it does. Bunny hops. I don't think it does. You can't I'm not, convince me of that. I'm not entirely certain. I feel like we're the two old guys in uh, Sesame Street that are up in the balcony that are uh, yelling at kids or something. Like someone just brought in a N- Nintendo DS and we're like, ah, what is that? What kind of magic tool is this? But I think that Stadler was just- Adler and Waldorf. There you go. My brother I, used to do that at, uh, <laughs> routine. I think- uh, Our hearts are painted black. <laughs> I think that's a him and DeAndre thing. Yeah, it looked like it, but... I think that's an inside joke between them, because DeAndre started doing it back. Yeah. And they did great. it again later, and I was like, what is happening? But like he still I, had 11 boards and 9 assists in a game where he sucked. Yes. And didn't play really in the fourth quarter at all. Yes. So, and in a game... Okay, they get their asses kicked in that Houston game. Like, they were down 8, right? Going into the final two and a half two and minutes. Half, yeah. And he hits the corner three. He scores 11 in a row. He just goes blue steel on him. That's a Zoolander reference, Jake. I know you don't like movies, but... I do like that one. Oh, okay. Uh, he goes blue steel, and it's cool to know that he can be quiet and have, like, a borderline really bad game, 10 points through, whatever, 45 minutes. And then three minutes left in the game, he's like, you know what? I'm going straight at Clint Capella, James Harden, P.J. Tucker. Bring them all. Whatever you want. He's just like swinging on everybody, yeah. and that that's really really stinking cool. And that's not something a nineteen year old, not named LeBron James, does. Yeah, it's also really cool because teams want to switch, but he can beat you so badly in the post mm-hmm. that if he ends up drawing a guy who's not that good, <laughs> like if he if you leave a guard on him, he will take you to the block. Yeah. And he can find shooters out of the block. He can just, he'll wait forever on up and unders. Who did he do it to last night? I think he did it to Isaac last night, which is weird yeah. because I think it was a fast break. Somebody baseball passed it down the floor to him or football pass. I guess you don't pass in baseball, baseball <laughs> throw. Relay. And, and uh, he just waited on the defender and just up and under, up and under, yeah. and got to the line. So. On one hand, you're like, okay, I'm going to switch, and now he ends up with P.J. Tucker or Clint Capella on him, and Clint Capella is just like, what are you, why are you making me do this? What's wrong with that dude, by the way? I don't know. I mean, I think that they're asking too much of him. Well, I think he had a little too much fun after that contract. Maybe, but I think that the, what the Rockets ask their big to do is... Yeah, it's impossible. So then the other option is you just leave Harden on him, mm-hmm. and he's like, dude, I will, I will yeah. absolutely take you down or even if it's not hard just a guard so yeah. he's a uh he's a cheat code for sure but yeah I, you know his shot is going to come and go as he works through the rigors of an nba season and right now it is in the decidedly the going mm-hmm. what what <laughs> i think about on most games whenever i watch him i see him make some spectacular passes and find people that just things that i don't even see sitting you know 500 feet up looking basically straight down the court i don't even see this guy open yet and he makes this pass. Maybe once a game he does it. And then on, you know, in the Boston game, I think it was more uh, in your face. It was more, you know, right in front of your grill. He did it like the first five possessions where he's like, you know what? I'm going to show off my passing. The only thing I can think is they're asking him to be more of an ISO player than a distributor, even if Den- Dennis is out. And I don't know if that's, I think that helps them win more right now because that offense can get so clunky at times with ISO Barnes, with DeAndre, who, if he's not dunking the basketball or spinning to dunk the basketball, it might be a turnover. Um, And you don't want West, you know, mixing it up, heating the ball up. I think that might be, it feels like it's almost to the detriment of his overall uh, progress to not have him distribute the basketball as much as humanly possible. But they also need somebody that can get buckets and win right now because we're apparently a pretty stinking good team. Yeah. You know? That's what a a lot of this comes down to is... What wins now versus what's the long-term development and is the distributing the basketball, the point guard instincts in this league, um, you know, something you can work on in the offseason or in practice rather than actual in-game? And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. That's probably something Rick's thought about 
not even had a conversation about just something that he's worked through his mind like do i want this guy to you know how do i want to util- utilize him and it can be it doesn't it can be possession by possession oh for sure it can be I, quarter by quarter it can be like we're gonna run these plays run this these three set plays in a sequence type it, thing because I, th- I feel like last night uh he was able to get barnes involved quite a bit yeah uh he moved the ball really well last barnes night. had a really nice night shooting last night mm-hmm. he knocked down his open threes got to the bucket and forced free throws and layups like that's all you need from barnes right now yeah like i even start you know Turning my eye towards, okay, buddy, you're not assisting at all. He definitely is not even looking to. Like, what's your what's your overall effect? But then you get into a game and you're watching possession by possession, and you're like, you just need somebody to pace this team for this next two minutes. Yeah. And Barnes does that as well as almost anybody. He's pretty good at giving what the game calls for. Yes. Yeah. Um, some, I mean, last night he had a weird handle. I don't know what – the whole court looked like it was like – had Nickelodeon ooze on it. I don't know what was going on last night. Everyone was falling. The ball was getting loose. Um, but yeah, Luca took a three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Luca. Luca should have been allowed to try and chase a triple double. We got pulled pretty early. See, I played in the fourth. I don't really care that much about triple doubles. So I, I would the concept the of way. triple doubles or just nah. It's really cool to have a guy that can line it up, can light it up and fill it up in three or four different categories. But I can't, at one hand, say. I don't want to overexpose this kid. Yeah. And on the other hand, say, would you please go try to give uh, Kombucha <laughs> another couple layups? But as we jump around here, you mentioned DeAndre and the turnovers. I know that's one thing you had mm-hmm. written down. Yeah. To a certain extent, the way that they score or that they chart these things, I think is unfair because I think a lot of his turnovers, and he's been, I just pulled it up. If you look at the top 44 rollmen, mm hmm. He's 34th in turnover percentage. Like, that's, I mean, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I think that he gets charted with turnovers that are Luca's fault. Sure. Uh, and last night, Luca ended up with two. And I looked at the stat sheet after the game, and I'm like, man, I feel like he fumbled the ball away like at least two or three other times because mm-hmm. he'll he'll give DeAndre a pass that ends up not being charted as a pass attempt mm-hmm. or as a shot attempt for DeAndre, but he touches it. Yeah. And so it's, I don't know. I don't, I'd love to see the subject yeah. of this. Of what does a they, bad oop count as? Like, yeah. Because they've got to be pretty high on the list of failed oop per percent. But you know, I was going to say per percentage, if you waited and added in the bench, that would probably bring it back up because they almost never screwed that up. Yeah, because if Dwight if uh, Dwight Powell doesn't finish, mm-hmm. he'll catch and recalibrate. He still and... gets the ball off. It's so weird. Exactly, he finishes it a lot of times. Yeah, just off weird falling down stuff. Yeah, and I was really worried last night that he like separated his shoulder whenever he went diving into the baseline. I was like, dude, we're up twenty four right now. Stop it. He doesn't know. He, he goes one any other one way. speed on that automobile. But yeah, I the DeAndre stuff, the overall turnover stuff. I feel like a lot of them are throwing the ball at DeAndre's feet because you didn't create a good enough like passing lane. You know what I mean? And then DeAndre gets charted with a turnover because a ball hit him in the shin and he barely got his hand on. And then he's like stumbling as on the other, you know, that baseline down there. And then the ball's coming another way. And there's not a ton of like live ball backcourt turnovers, but there's a lot of you won the play. And you didn't execute step five of five. Yeah. And that kind of, those drive me insane because the two lobs that he missed in the first quarter, I feel like those were like 70 30 his fault. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know. And though that's a really stinking difficult play. Um, you can watch somebody as talented as DeAndre miss that and you finally get appreciation for like what Capella does and what Gobert does every single play and how often they actually finish that role in that oop. Um, but, that's why the turnover numbers are as bad as they are because most people don't have a center that turns the ball over three times a game yeah, or gets charted for turnovers three times a game. I also, I'm going to see if I can pull this up here, but I also would bet that despite the amount that they give up, uh, let's see here. Yeah. So they turn the ball over a lot, but they're still middle of the, the pack and the points that opponents get off of turnovers mm-hmm. because it's like you said, it's not as much as they're just getting ripped on the perimeter and giving up a fast break. 
it's just a failed lob attempt that turns into a basically another half court possession for the mm-hmm. opponent. It doesn't end up yeah. providing as many easy looks. So that's one, I guess, saving grace is that a lot of their turnovers come from well, that. Well, it's, it's obviously not killing them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're third or something in turnover percentage overall or turnovers per game, and they're, you know, a, whatever the hell I quoted earlier, 12 and 14. Yeah. The last month. And they're 17th in, as far as points allowed off of turnovers. So they've circumvented this. Pretty much average. This old adage of <laughs> turn the ball over, you suck type stuff. But, and, and and it's not even like the pace. Like, they're, they run it in like a 15th in the league pace now. They're very average now. Uh, after the first two weeks, it's really normalized. Um, okay, so a couple things I was thinking of that I wanted to throw at you. Me and Bobby sit around and do this all the time, which is kind of just weigh the value of Luca, and we do it almost on a daily basis. When you take into account the age, 19, he's a 90th percentile player right now, which is when people ask me, what is he? Like, what am I looking at here? I'm, okay, it's a he's a 90th percentile player in the league at age 19. Uh, the contract, which is a rookie contract, um, at least for five years, so four after this one, who has greater value right now in the league? And you start going down the top of the top and just see how far you get. So Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis has more value right now. Sure. Joel Embiid. Yeah. I'm saying yeah. Uh, Even with a max, whatever max Embiid has. Curry, probably yeah. LeBron, well, of course. Durant, yeah. I'm I'm actually going to tell you that right now I would not trade Luka for LeBron. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, LeBron has still got a few years left, but I'm talking, you're, you really have to be thinking about having nine years of this player. Yeah. Even if only four of them are cost-controlled. Mm-hmm. I'm getting 19 through 28, almost it- guaranteed he's on my roster. And at that point, he'll still only be on his second contract. LeBron is making the max for a player who's been in the league for, you know, nine plus years or whatever it is. And even if he's doing shorter deals and isn't able to get the percentage raise increases that if you get, if you take a five year deal, mm-hmm. LeBron will be out of the league in four years. Yeah. He'll be four, he'll be 37 or 38. I know, but adding the best player in the league for the next, I think he's still got two years after this one and probably at least. That's hard to. I don't know. I, well, I see I'm, your point. I do see your point. I mean, it can't you keep? Okay, assuming a rookie guy doesn't just take the qualifying for the fifth year. Fifth year. Usually, you, you lock can take that person off after their fourth year. You can keep them ten years, basically, right? Or is it nine? Well, usually, I think what happens is is that that the second deal kind of starts early. Starts on the fifth year. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, but that's not even true, I don't think. I don't think so. But either. I think it is nine. I think it ends up being nine years, but maybe it – and they don't have to sign it. You know, yeah. they, they he, he could easily say, I would. I don't want to take the full max deal. And I guess it would be interesting to see if players who are earlier in their careers start doing two-and-ones, but they're leaving mm-hmm. money, a lot of money on the table by doing that. Right. Okay, so Harden. I would take Luka. Kawhi. Oh, Kawhi is out of his freaking mind right now. <laughs> that's to me, that's an easy one. Lillard, I think that's easy for Luca. Yeah, I think I would take I would take Doncic. Uh, Jokic, I would take Jokic. Kyrie, I would take Kyrie. Towns, I would take Luca. Paul George, how old is Paul George? Twenty seven. Yeah, somewhere around there. And the only reason that one's a little bit weird is that he's free. Or no. No, he's he's like, he got locked, he locked up. up with them yeah, at his years. Nas concert. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. Man, I think I'm still probably taking Paul George because Paul George is five years younger than LeBron. So I still get a maybe a larger chunk there. Big big James Butler. I think I'm taking Luka. Yeah. And then Westbrook. I think I'm taking Luka. Yeah, I mean, there might be other guys. I mean, I would take Durant. Yeah. Uh, I would take... Uh, That's probably it, actually. Yeah, I mean, for my fandom, I don't know if I'd take 
I mean, we forgot to mention Giannis, but yeah, Giannis, that's, that's a definite. <laughs> uh, so w- there's like eight players in the league that I believe have more value than Luka Doncic right now. That's that's what it comes down to. <laughs> like actual on paper, 19 years old, rookie contract at plus skill level. So cost, age, skill level. Yeah. All added into the same formula. I just wanted everybody to get their minds around that. Because we do this almost every day. <laughs> Me and Bobby just yell at each other. Like yell this name. And, nope. Um, all right. So we do have a real chance of going, uh, getting to 17 and 11 here. Because next two opponents are Atlanta. And then, um, who the hell are we play next? I'm sorry. Sacramento, I think. Sacramento. And let me pull up the schedule. I don't know why I'm blanking on this. Schedule Phoenix. Phoenix is the uh, the back-to-back, right? Oh, okay. That's right. And yeah. then back here. So you got to go yeah. to Phoenix and then yeah. back here. So Atlanta Sunday. Wednesday, Thursday Phoenix, and then Sunday Kings. So you're going to be favored in the next two, probably the next three, because you're playing Sacramento at home. Just think about when this team was two and seven, if I told you, Hey man, a month from now we're gonna be seventeen and eleven. When you get that many games over five hundred, like it's hard to fall like sharply enough to get too far below five hundred. It is, but you have to keep it and I know that the schedule, saying strength of schedule this year and this early is not near as much as it was in years past. Because mm-hmm. everything's a lot less defined. Um, and I don't honestly. I don't. I expect them to lose one of these games, and it really is a weird deal because Phoenix is the back to back. They. I don't believe they've won a back to back this year. Um, Mavs have not. And yeah, so Phoenix is not good. But but eight, you owe both of them. Like you do. I think you get. I think you. Sacramento is one that scares me. Cause, and Phoenix hasn't won in forever. Yeah, Atlanta. And, they're pissed at them, obviously. But these are the two teams they played in their home openers right. and lost to. Yeah. Like if you're gonna kick the s out of some teams. It's these two. And then Sacramento might, I don't know. They have, we haven't seen Sacramento in a while. They might be a weird matchup for us. Um, you know, someone might miss that game. And then it turns into, but that's at home. But you could mess around and lose the next four, no problem. After I mean, that, yeah, it gets difficult after that. So I just want to keep in the, I'm I'm totally okay with everything that happens, even if they do lose four in a row in a week like that. Yeah, well, that's that's my overall point that I think I've come to. Um, with all this basketball data that I keep forcing into my uh, my brain on a nightly basis is... I've seen enough. I've, I've seen what I needed to see. Right. They've played extremely good basketball for five weeks straight. They have somewhat of an identity at home uh, in being an awesome home team. Luka is good enough to build around, and everyone else has accepted their role of like fitting in to what they've been assigned to do. Um, so... No matter what happens the rest of this season, I know they can be a really good team. Yeah, and I we I kind of got a boogie. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, maybe we'll wait another week and see what the Brunson conversation is like then. Yeah, because I don't. It's this keeps happening where he's been really good. He well, he's been really good, and his three point numbers are pretty bad. Right. But if you look at his college numbers, it wasn't like with Justin Anderson where he went from. 26% to 43% in one year. Mm-hmm. He had a stair step from like 33 to 37 to 40. Yeah. And I don't think I realized that. So his shot looked really, really bad at times in summer league. He was getting good shots. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know. I, I still tend to think that he's going to be a decent NBA three-point shooter. And he's not small. No. He's not big, but he's... He's just kind of, he's kind of thick. He's kind of like... Extra large Berea. Yeah. I'm, he's like 6'2", six 6'3", six isn't he? Yeah. He's probably 6'2". So, who knows? I, I You can already see it brewing of, well, then I guess he's he should be the starter. And Rick didn't nah. exactly say last night. Rick just said, hey, we'll just have to see how it all plays out. But When he did say another Donnie Nelson home run or something like that, I was like, bro, we're 25 games in. You sat him the other night. Like, yeah, let's- but it is still a second-round pick. Yeah, and if a second round pick can come in and start, and you don't just totally notice them being the worst player on the floor, yeah, that's, that's now something. it's also Demarcus Lawrence in that everybody says second round pick, but if you're thirty right. third, there are enough people that thought that you were first, right? So yeah, I, yeah, I, it doesn't really matter what he is. What matters is that he's good. Yeah, 
or he's in, not bad. How for, about that? for point of reference, he's played 63 minutes with the starters, basically in Dennis's spot, and they're plus 9.9 overall in net rating. Uh, 80% defensive rebound percentage and the best passing numbers uh, other than a lineup with Berea in it, basically. So they move the ball really well. They do run run a really slow pace, but they're almost a 10-plus in net rating. And that's 63 minutes. That's not like the tiniest sample size. Right. So, I don't they're, know. It'll all work itself out. But as you say, you've seen what you needed to see from this year. He's part of that. Yeah. Because they don't really have anybody under contract next year. Yeah. It's, it's a lot have, of options. They have Luka, Dennis, and Brunson. Powell option, Barnes, Barnes option. option. And then some partially guaranteed on... Yeah, restricted Maxi, restricted Finney. And then only like half of Murray from uh, Flight of the Concords. <laughs> Broke off. Who's expecting a child. All right. Congratulations, Ryan. Who's just uh, just ready to disrupt the tech industry next weekend. <laughs> we always like, think up jobs that he's doing <laughs> on the side. But uh, yeah. To me, he's managing a band out of the New Zealand <laughs> consulate. consulate. Yeah, I, I feel you on that one. Um, all right, well, uh, if you have given a subscription to The Athletic to a homeless person, please video that. Just go back and run it back and video it for me. If you haven't yet, just yeah, hit the record button on the dash cam. I want to see how it goes. Um, our obligation to them isn't uh, has has run out, so we don't have to do a whole spot, but please subscribe to TheAthletic.com slash four-pointer. They're still good. Yeah, and I'll be back next week. They're running me, uh, running me a little ragged up here this week. But next week, I'm doing uh, only the morning show, which just sounds like a dream. <laughs> and then I can go home and look at Synergy and just yeah. write map stuff all day, which is kind of what I'd like to do anyways. Yeah, this is a weird part of the year, man. I mean, especially for you, but just <laughs> the nonsense. Like, Sunday games into Saturday games. Last week felt like it was a month. Yeah. Like, no lie. That yeah, was the LA, longest. And then, so we're having two out of three. Dude. Actually, three out of four because they're at Portland the following week. Oh, dude, this is the best road trip of the year if you're, like, uh, not a player. Yeah. Uh, Denver, Portland, L.A., another one's in there. Oakland. Oakland's in there. San Francisco's, or, yeah, Oakland. That's a great road trip. Lozelle gets to go on next year. I'm, I'm penciling myself into that one. I'll see you all in, like, two weeks. Going to the West Coast. But uh, It's where you yeah, belong. It is. I'm a man of the sea. All right. We're going to get out of here. Thanks for listening. Jake, thanks for your time. Yes, sir.